I really, I really, I just, I just keep feeling the strong, just presence of the Lord, and and I just, it's so good. He's a good God, you know. And I was just so blessed during worship, and just so much going on. Holy Ghost, thank you, Father. This morning, I went for a bike ride yesterday, and I was like, Lord, okay, what do you want me to share on? And and throughout the week, I just was asking the Lord, you know, what what is it that you you have for the body? And I kept hearing, chasing the one who chases after us. And I'm going to give you a couple key verses that we're going to start on this morning, and then we're just going to we're going to jump into this thing. But the key verse out of this morning is going to be out of Psalms 139, and I'm going to start in verse 1. And it's going to be, Lord, you have examined my heart, and you know everything about me. You know when I sit down, far away. You see me when I travel, when I rest at home. You know everything that I do. You know everything that I'm going to say before I say it, Lord. 7 and 8 says, I can never escape your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go to heaven, you are there. If I go to the grave, you are there. Father, I just thank you, God. I thank you for your presence this morning, God. I thank you for the cloud, God. I thank you for hearts that are going to be stirred this morning, God. Lord, let every word that is not of you just fall to the ground this morning, God. Lord, I just speak right now, God. Let us have ears to hear and eyes to see what you're declaring this morning, God. Holy Spirit, have your way. Holy Spirit, have your way. <laughs> Amen. Hey, guys, listen. I don't know what's going to happen today. I'm just, I just, Jesus. But I want to say this. What are you chasing? What are you chasing today? You know, I, I can remember in my younger years when I wasn't serving the Lord, I was chasing money. Everything I did was about money. A thousand here, a thousand there, fifteen thousand there. Of course, I wasn't I was living a really demonic lifestyle back then. But all I did was want money, I was chasing money. Some of us are chasing our careers. Some of us are chasing ministry. Some of us are chasing, we're looking for our wife. You're looking for your future husband. Sometimes we are just chasing the next best thing, right? So the question I'm going to ask you guys this morning, just to kind of ponder the thought is this. What are you chasing today? 
What are you chasing today? Ever since the beginning, God has been chasing us. He's been chasing you and I. And we can see, and we can see this in the picture in Genesis when, when, when God comes to the garden and he's looking for Adam. Adam at that time was hiding, but you have to wonder, and if you, if you think of the picture, God did this every day with Adam and with Eve. Every day he was, he was looking for them. Adam, where are you? Listen, this is a picture of the father looking to walk hand in hand with the bride. This is a picture of God looking for you and I. This morning he's saying, Trip, where are you? Alan, where are you? He wants, he wants to fellowship with you. He wants to walk hand in hand. He wants us to walk in the fullness of what he created us to walk in. I want to give us a couple key points and number one, we have to begin to chase God and we seek God and nothing else matters. Listen, that is huge, guys. We have to go and search and seek God like, like, oh, listen. Like nothing else matters, because it doesn't. Matthew 6.33 says this, But seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. When you begin to seek the things of God, everything becomes just, boom, manifested on your life. Everything. Many times we, we're hesitant to seek after God because we're afraid of what we might have or we, what we might lose. A lot of times people don't want to come to Jesus because like, oh, I don't want to give up smoking. I don't want to give up drinking. Or, man, I like going out with my friends. So they won't go after God because they're afraid they're going to lose something. But the reality is this, when you search after God, those desires that you have to drink and smoke will just dissipate and they'll leave. They just leave you. Everything we need in this life is provided to us when we seek God first. Listen, you want to find a husband? You want to find a wife? Seek God! And everything will be added unto you. Everything. Listen, I, I, when I counsel families that are, that are being broken, put God first. When you put God first, things will fall into place. This is truth, guys. Well, my marriage is in shambles. My kids don't listen. My family's all apart. Well, you're not putting God first. 
Come on, listen. Because when God is first in our lives, and every and I'm not I'm not talking about the part-time God. I'm talking when everything, everything that you do is God. Where are you, God? I just need more of you, God. When when you seek him first, everything falls into place. Everything, guys. Number two, seek God and you will find him. Deuteronomy 4.29 says this, But if from there you seek the Lord your God, you will find him if you seek him with all your heart and your soul. I can't emphasize all your heart and all your soul. We have to get out of the, the church mentality, guys. Where we just come to church and we just, we, we just do our churchly duty. We come on Sunday, but, but the rest of the week we're just doing what we want to do. We're part-time believers. Come on, listen to what I'm saying. We become part-time believers that we have to live this. Seek God and you'll find him. God isn't hiding from us. He's here right now. He's right here, right now. He's desiring a close relationship with you. But sometimes we miss the very, we miss it because we don't make enough room for God in our lives. We don't make room for him. We must cut down the busyness because none of that will matter on that day when you take your last breath. Jesus, seek God regardless of your life situation. Second Chronicles 30, verses 18 through 20 says, But Hezekiah prayed for them, saying, May the Lord who is good pardon everyone who sets their heart on seeking God. The Lord, the God of their ancestors, even if they are not clean according to the rules of the sanctuary. And the Lord heard Hezekiah, and he healed the people. Some of us are waiting to seek after God when we think the timing is right. Tomorrow's not promised to nobody. I just have a I have a real burden in my heart right now for the souls that don't know who Jesus is and you don't know what tomorrow holds even even for the believers 
We get so deceived doing church. Listen, just because you're in church doesn't mean you're right with God. Just because you go to church doesn't mean... It doesn't. Where are you at? What are you chasing? Listen, I'm telling this in love. I hope I'm not coming out any other way. Oh, Jesus. The best time to seek God is right now because we don't know what the next minute will hold for us. I, I have a saying in my family and I say this, just fix it. Just fix it. And it's a rule in my house that if me and my wife are having an argument and my kids are in, everybody, everybody could be mad, whatever. That happens. And again, if anybody, even I don't care if you're a ministry, I don't care if you're a pastor, I don't care if you're an apostle, if they tell you they don't, they're lying. They're lying to you. You have bad days. But in my life, I say, in our life, I say, you know what? We fix it. How do we fix it? And then I, we have another saying that we say, we're going to make it count. Every part, everything that we get to do, we make it count. Maybe you've lost a loved one. Guess what? You get to make it count on their behalf. You lost a husband. Man, you make it count for your husband. You lost your mom, you lost your dad, you lost your brother, you lost a sister. It doesn't matter. You make it count. Because you don't know. Number four, seek God because he is looking for you and I. Listen, Psalms 14 verse 2 says this. The Lord looks down from heaven on all mankind to see if there's anyone who will understand. Anyone who seeks God. Man. <laughs> Jesus. I'm getting stirred, guys. God is actively looking for those who are seeking Him regardless of who they are, where they live, what they do. This is the smallest heart's cry for the Lord results in action from Him. Listen, the smallest amount of a heart's cry, God responds. He will respond to you. He is loving. He is compassionate. And this is very important. And He is not willing that any one person should perish. He's a good God. What are we chasing? What are we chasing this morning? Number five, seek God 
with all of your being. Psalm 63, 1 says this. You, God, are my earnestly, God, earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. Let's read this again. How many of us can honestly say that's where we're at right now? You, God, are my God. And this should be our cry. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you, God. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. See, that doesn't, that doesn't look like Christianity, quote-unquote. That looks like somebody who's in love. That all they want is to spend time with their father. A lukewarm, passive, seeking after God won't get it. Those who seek God due to the pressure of other people, parents, siblings, and friends will miss out on the joy of discovering Him. But those who seek after Him with all of their hearts, guys, you won't be disappointed. You won't. Because he's a good God. Number six. Seek God before he has to get your attention. My Lord. I think we can obviously say we all, we've all been guilty of this. Me probably a lot more than y'all. But I remember being on the hospital bed. I had just been shot. I'm there laying. I'm dying. I can feel myself dying. I'm passing out. I'm losing blood. And my cry was, God, I'm not ready to die. <laughs> I didn't want to die. <laughs> ah, Jesus. Let's turn to Acts 17, 27. I'm sorry, I'm on six, right? I'm on six still. Psalm 78, 34. Psalm 78, 34 says this. Whenever God slew them, they would seek him. And they eagerly turned to him again. Many of us know the right thing to do, but we want to do it our own way. Those God loves, he disciplines. Therefore, sometimes God allows unfortunate events to draw us, draw our desires towards seeking after him. His love and desire for us to live a fulfilled life is more important than the momentary setback. 
being a good God means you discipline those that you love. You bring correction to those that you love. You wouldn't let your son jump in, you know, something that's going to hurt him. You would bring correction. And that's what the Father does with us. <clears throat> Number seven, seek God because he has arranged for you to do so. Acts 17, verses 27 and 28. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him. Though he is not far from any one of us, for in him we live and move and have our being. As some of our own poets have said, we are his offspring. God has set the boundaries for where we live in order for us to seek after him. His will is that every single human being, no matter where they live, will look around their environment and recognize that they need the Lord. God's void within each of us compels us to want to seek after him. Father, I just thank you, God. And I ask that question again. What are you chasing this morning? Are you chasing a platform? Are you chasing a ministry? Number eight. Seek God when you don't feel like it. I'm going to tell you what, there's mornings that, and I, I, I can recall this even as a youth and growing up, and, but there's moments that you probably you feel like you don't ever even feel like going to church, right? Come on, let's be honest. Man, I don't feel like going this morning. I'm tired, man. I don't want to go. I don't feel like doing it. And most of the time, that's when you get your breakthrough. Because the enemy knows what you need and he's going to do everything to distract you from getting it. I'm telling you, it's true. And afterwards, you go to service, you're like, man, that was a good service, man. Powerful. Yeah, can you imagine? You almost didn't go. You almost didn't go, right? So Hebrews 11.6 says this. I'm sorry, wrong scripture. Romans 3. <laughs> Romans 3 says this, There is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. We do not have the capacity to seek after the Lord. Our sin nature of the world and the devil are always trying to pull us away from God. Listen. We understand that there's a realm, and we've talked about this, the second heavens, the third heavens, and in this soulish realm, there's a battle. And just like in the beginning of the garden, it was always about the enemy, was always after the identity of who you are as sons and daughters. To get us to identify with a nature, a sinful nature, but that's not who we are. That's not who you are. When Jesus came, it was finished, amen? No longer do we identify with a sinful nature. 
but we identify with the nature of who we are as sons. Number, number nine, seek God because he rewards you for it. Listen, this word reward means this. It means he blesses you. That means, you, are you telling me that if I seek God, I'm going to get blessed? Yes. Hebrews 11.6 says this, And without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. When you seek Him, He rewards you. He releases the blessings upon you. All of a sudden, you get the new job. All of a sudden, you get the new car. All of a sudden, your family gets restored. Your marriage gets restored. Things that were dis disarranged become arranged. Why? Because you're seeking after the One. You're seeking after God. Our, for, our faith draws us to a lifetime of seeking after Him. Our God is deep and mysterious. That way we will never stop learning from Him. Even in the old age and the following Christ for decades, there's still new revelations and new understandings of God. Listen, it doesn't matter how old you get, there's going to always be fresh manna coming. Stay teachable. Stay in that place of humility with the Lord. Number 10. Seek God so you will know what to do. 1 Kings 22.5 says this. But Je Jehoshaphat also said to the king of Israel, First, seek the counsel of the Lord. The wisdom of God is well beyond the wisdom of man. When we are in a place of needing direction, insight for our problems, we can seek after God for our wisdom and counsel. He knows the beginning and the end. Therefore, we will never go wrong with the leading of the Lord. Amen. So I want to go back to our key scriptures where we started. I'm going to read them again. It's out of Psalms 139. Let's just close our eyes when I, as I, because I, I want our spirits to grasp this. Lord, you have examined my heart and you know everything about me. You know when I sit down, you know when I stand up, you even know my thoughts when I'm far away. You see when I travel and when I rest at home, you know everything that I do. 
You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. I can never escape from your spirit. Never get away from your presence. If I go to heaven, you are there. If I go to the grave, you are there. Thank you, Father. Deuteronomy 28, verse 1 through 14. It paints a very, very beautiful picture. Of the blessings that we can expect when we walk in the favor of God. I'm going to read it. And I just want you all to receive. You can, I mean, just have your eyes closed or just, but I want you just to hear the word of the Lord. Deuteronomy 28. Now it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord, your God, to observe carefully all his commandments which I command you today, that the Lord, your God, will set you high above all the nations of the earth. And all the blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city. Blessed shall you be in the city and blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body the produce of your grounds and the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle and the offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall be your baskets and your kneading bowls. Blessed shall you be when you, when you come in and blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your faces. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessings on you and in your storehouses and all which you set your hand and he will bless you and in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself just as he has sworn to you. If you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, then all people of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord 
and they shall be afraid of you. And the Lord will grant you plenty of goods and the fruit of your body in which the increase of your livestock and the produce of your ground and the lands which the Father swore your fathers to give you. The Lord will open up to you his good treasure, the heavens, to give you the rain to your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hand. You shall lend to many nations. You shall not borrow. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You shall be above only and not beneath. You will heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and are careful to observe them. You shall not turn aside from any other words which I command you this day, right or left, to go after gods who serve them. Now, if we notice God's blessing and his favor, every place you go, whether in the city or in the country, you will be blessed. You will be blessed in your health, in your body, and the fruit of your labor. You will be blessed in your coming and in your going. You will have victory over the enemy. And he says that I will bless everything that you put your hands on. When you chase after God, when we chase after the one that's chasing us. Because all these scriptures that I read, that's him chasing us. That's him chasing you and I. What are you chasing today? Are you chasing the one who's chasing us? He says, I will establish as my holy people giving you the breakthrough of God's bounty and his good treasure. And then he says, you will be the head and not the tail. How do we chase after God? It's Joshua 24, 15. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Jeremiah 2, 32 says this. Does a young woman forget her jewelry? Does the bride forget her wedding dress? Yet, 
For the years on end, my people have forgotten me. (laughs) Who are we chasing this morning? Intimacy. Intimacy with the Lord. I'm going to give you just a couple practical steps on how to push towards that. Be in your word. If you're not in your word, get in it. Let today, remember I said, just fix it. Just fix it. If you haven't been intentional, be intentional. If you're not stewarding it, start stewarding. Just fix it. Get in it. John 6.35 says this, And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me will never thirst. Number two, worship. God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. That's John 4, 24. In the times of worship, we declare the truth of who the Lord is. Through worship, we begin to align ourselves with God's desire. And we're able to focus on the one who is the maker, the creator, and our Lord. As we worship, we see him as he is. Wow. Because he's a good God. So this morning I ask you, who are you chasing this morning? What are you chasing? Just stand. Thank you, Father. See, when we begin to chase God again. What happens is there's a gripping of our heart that happens. And when I came in Thursday, I literally felt the hand of God come inside my chest and begin to grab my heart and grip it. Because when the Lord begins to grip your heart again, then that's all you'll ever want is him. You won't want anything else. Nothing else will ever satisfy you the way he does. Not drugs, not any pornography, not any lust, not anything of this world will begin to tug at your heart like the way he does when he grips your heart. And I really believe even this morning he's wanting to come and grip your hearts, you know, even the way we talk to one another in our families, the way that we speak to our kids, the way we speak to our spouses begins to change when your heart is gripped. 
because you're moving out of the heart of Jesus. And we can read our word and, 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 and talk about the word, but we have to begin to live the word, not just talk about it. But it comes with the gripping of the Lord's hand on your heart. It begins to change you. And everything you say and everything you see becomes filtered through his heart. And when it becomes filtered through his heart, then you won't speak so quickly. And you won't judge so quickly. And you won't assume so quickly things. Because there's a gripping and a heaviness in your heart that won't allow you to do those things anymore. All of a sudden, you feel it in your heart and you're like, oh man, like I can't think that way anymore. I can't speak that way anymore. I can't because you feel this gripping of the Lord's hand on your heart in such a way that every time you want to think something that doesn't agree with him, anything, anytime you want to say something that doesn't agree with him and his heart, your heart gets gripped and the Lord begins to come tighten it around your heart in such a way that it, it keeps you steady and steadfast in him. And I really believe this morning he's gripping our hearts that's why every time Pete was talking about the Lord and his blessings and favor, it comes with him coming and gripping our hearts that we're burning after him, that we're burning after him, not just here or here, but we're burning after him from here and in here in our hearts. Your heart and your spirit have to become aligned together. That what the Spirit of God is trying to tell you is aligned with the Lord's heart, which is connected to your heart. So he's gripping hearts this morning, and he's realigning hearts, doing some adjusting, you know? And he's saying, you know, you can't speak this way anymore. You can't carry yourself like this anymore. It's been going on too long. Why? Because favor wants to come in. Blessings want to come in. And when we begin to agree with other things that don't look like heaven, we bring it into existence upon ourselves. So we have to remember that we're kings and priests and what we say does matter, good and bad. So we have to begin to teach ourselves to speak nothing but good of the gripping of the, the Lord's heart in, inside of us. But I remember coming in here Thursday and as I felt that from the Lord gripping my heart, I had such a heaviness for other people. Like it didn't matter what I was going through or what I was dealing with at that moment because it disappeared so quickly that all I could do was think about other people with this gripping of my heart. And I really believe that that's where the Lord is taking us right now as a body of Christ. He's gripping our hearts and he's saying, we're gonna do some adjusting here. <laughs> There's some healing. There's some, there's, some, uh, there's some healing. There's some a movement in your heart that's going to begin to happen. And things that you didn't do before, you're going to begin to do. Things that don't make you cry normally are going to make you weep and cry because your heart is being gripped by the one who created it. And I just felt like such a heaviness on Thursday, like a heaviness in my heart for people. You know, this whole harvest thing Pete's talking about, We've got to have our heart gripped because there's going to be people that come in here through the harvest that are real broken and they really need the love of the father, the love of a mother. 
And if we don't have that to give to them, then we've missed every part of it. So he's, I just saw like almost like a, like a safe, like, like I could hear the clicking and the sound of a safe where the Lord is beginning to unlock some things in our hearts that sometimes we ourselves have kept hidden and kept away from people because past circumstances. And God's like, I'm readjusting some things, I'm unlocking some things, and you're gonna feel and see things that you haven't felt and seen in a long time, but it's for the greater good of the kingdom of God. So it's really exciting. As I was on my ride yesterday, um, I'm speaking with the Lord and and he kind of shows me something and he says, you know, what we chase after often will begin to manifest in our lives. And so I asked for an example and, and one of those things was when we begin to search for things outside of God's will, those areas will begin to manifest in our walk. And what this is, it's a counterfeit that the enemy allows to manifest. Because, see, we know it manifests when, the, when we search after God. We just talked about everything that comes when we seek God. And the same way that when we seek God, we see the glory begin to manifest. But when you begin to seek things outside of God's will for your life, then we give access for those things to manifest in our lives.